You're listening to Conversations with the Royal Empress, where we are spiritually and mentally reawakening the original black woman by providing educational training tools and resources designed to inspire, empower, and elevate. Peace and blessings. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Joining us in this conversation is none other than Dr. Hakima Jahad, Sister Akila Shabazz, and myself, Laki Shay Nigeria Muhammad. On this episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress, we want to talk about how important is the black man's role as father in the upliftment of our community? Can we rise without him? So, sisters, the black man and his role in our communities, what say you? And the answer is no. We cannot rise without him. We rise together. We fall together. Mm. And if we think that we can uplift our community without the man and the woman working together, without fathers being fathers and mothers being mothers, we're sadly mistaken. And so his role is intricate. It's important. It is essential to us rising as a community and to us raising well-balanced children. I agree with that. I you know, man represents God. I mean, woman is God's first creation, but man is made in God's image. So how can we rise as a people without the very representative that God has put on this earth for us? We can't. Like you said, it takes us both. Um, we're, we're like a mathematical problem or a mathematical equation. It won't be complete or correct without the numbers that's needed to add up to that number. So, I mean, we both need each other, but yes, indeed, we definitely can't rise without our black man because he is made in God's image. So definitely I agree with you, my sister. I must say that I also agree. Um, And you you sisters have, have definitely said it. Without the black man, there is no us. And without us, there is no black man. So we together is what allows our unit, our community, our family to rise. When you, and Hakima, you you used a great example when you're speaking mathematics because in order for us to derive at the actual or the um, correct um, answer to any mathematical problem, We have to look at what is involved, and in this case, black man plus black woman equals black family. So, no, there's no way that we can have the black man absent or the role of the black father absent and still find our communities uplifted. We cannot rise without the black man. And 
we don't want to rise without him. Even if it was possible for us, we, we would not want to. I wouldn't have it any other way than to have the black man right by my side. Well, you know, our, our man is, is our provider and our protector. I mean, we a woman can protect herself as, as best as she can when no man is present, but the best protection is that of a man. So in our community, the man, he represents that protection. I mean, that's one of his roles is to provide for us and and to protect us. And without him, how can you have a nation of women that don't have any protection? How do you have a nation of children that don't have protection? A nation consists of a man, woman, child. That's the mathematical equation. Uh, That's the trinity right there. That's the true trinity right there. Yes, it is. We we can't be a nation without an army, and our brothers represent that. So, can we have a community without our brothers? Can our community be uplifted without our brothers? No, it can't. Uh, we're taught that a nation can rise no higher than its woman. So, if the woman is is exalted, who's putting her up there? Yes, God does uplift a woman, but He does it through the black man. So, we need Him. Our community definitely needs Him. And right now, we have a big void of our our brothers being able to have the power and authority to uplift their community. They need our support. They do need our support. And I think it's so important for the black man to really know that as black women, brothers, we have your back. We got you. You know, I know that oftentimes I see it, and I'm sure you see it, sisters, as well, that there is um, – I don't know, there's such a disrespect for the black man in general. Um, and oftentimes my brothers, you know, may get a bad rap. But I'm here to tell you, black man, that we back you 1,000%. It is very difficult for us to exist without your assistance, without your help. It's, it's very um, challenging to even be our natural selves when that black man is absent. And this is why it is important for us as we speak. You know, here on this platform, we are speaking to both sisters and brothers, but our target is the black woman because we understand that the elevation and the upliftment of the black woman is going to help us as a whole to pull back and bring the balance back in our community, you know, between the black woman and the black man. But it is very important um, for us to let you know how much we appreciate you, how much we need you, how much we desire you, how much we want you. And so no matter what you may see out there in the world, no matter what you may see represented um, on the television, you know, or the television, no matter what you might see out there in this hell of a world, know that as black women, we do have your back. And I know that it gets difficult out there. I know it's tough. But so it's so important for us to um, let you know that we hear you. You know, we see you. I think the ba- the black man gets a bad rap sometimes. And we're looking at a lot of the negative things that we see, the negative portrayals and things like that. 
And I believe that the overwhelming majority of black men are striving to do the right thing. They are out there in the communities trying to teach the youth. They are the fathers that are out there, that they're at all of the sporting events. They're at every event that they can possibly be at with their children. You have black men who, even if they don't have children, are lending a helping hand to somebody who's, you know, whose child doesn't have a father um, in their life. And, you know, but I think what happens is that we focus too much on some of the negative energy, the um, negative images instead of focusing on the ones that are doing the right thing. And I choose to focus on the men who are doing the right thing because they are, they are plentiful. They are they out are there. Plentiful. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it's rare. And if it's, if it's a rarity to someone, maybe it's your environment. I was going to say the same thing, sister, because I know for me, I, I see a lot. I mean, I see it a lot. I see the same black men that we're talking about right now. I see them, you know, and when I hear otherwise, especially when I hear it in great numbers, you know, I even ask the question, well, where are you hanging out? You know, like what? And, I, and I'm not I'm not being naive. You know, for so for those of you who are out there that say, oh, you know, y'all on some bull, I'm not saying that it does not exist, that there are black men out there who are not doing the right thing, just like I'm not saying that it's not black sisters and black women out there that's not um, doing the right thing. But what I am saying is that we have to look at our circles. We have to look at those who we who are in our sphere, you know, who are the five to ten people that you're communicating with on a regular basis? And who are the people that they're communicating with? And what type of relationships do you have with them? And what type of relationships do they have with you and with your community? Examine that. Take a look in the mirror. And when we do that, then and only then can we really, really come uh, to a uh, even really playing field to say, listen, maybe I'm the cause of this or maybe I'm contributing to what it is that I'm lacking or what it is that I see or that what it is that I don't see. I'm not saying that, again, it doesn't exist, but what I am saying is that I know that there are plenty of black men just like there are plenty of black women out here, and they're doing the damn thing, meaning that they're taking care of their responsibilities, they're taking care of their children, they're uplifting their communities, by providing resources, by just doing what it is that they're supposed to do. So it is there, but look in the mirror first and see what is your makeup. See what is in your own personal environment and what is it that you're attracting. Maybe you might need to take a break from where you are and maybe go visit somebody else's, you know, environment and community. Yeah. I'm just saying sometimes birds of a feather, they may very well flock together. And so you want to also make sure that that's not what you're attracting because sometimes we can speak something so much until next thing we know it pops up right in our face. And so we just want to make sure that we're representing exactly what it is that we say that we desire and we want to see and in our communities. Th- yeah, and the other thing I think that we have to do is we have to stop looking at our relationships and then painting a picture of someone based off of a relationship that you've had. Yes, so, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. 
If you mm, have a mm, bad mm. relationship with a man, mm. a black mm. man mm. in particular, that doesn't mean that every black man walking the street is going to be that man. You cannot make someone pay for the sins of another man or paint him. You, you, you get with somebody and he's not taking care of his responsibilities, and so now all of a sudden black men don't take care of their responsibilities. No, the man you were with didn't take care of his responsibilities. That has nothing to do with the majority of black men who do take care of their responsibilities. And I would love to challenge people to stop focusing on these negative brothers and promote the positive ones. Because we have a we have a role in that too. And we you know, we talk about social media a lot because it's such a part of all of our lives. I want to see the stories of these wonderful black fathers that are out there. You got a good man in your life Promote that. Why are we That's focused right. on something? You see something, you know, where where we're sharing posts of a black man saying something negative about black women. Shut him down. You don't have to there share you it. You don't have to you acknowledge don't. it. You don't have to give him any energy. You can promote the ones that are saying something about you as a black woman that is of that's good. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's like, what's wrong with that? And I see so many brothers that are doing good works. Uh, you know, even some of my friends, when they're, when they're talking about brothers and, and they have these negative views, and I can't even relate to them. That's not to say that I haven't had bad relationships or anything like that, but you're going to have that because familiarity breeds contempt sometimes. So if that's what your circle is, you're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. Yes. And we have to know how to separate. That's all. We have to know how to separate and put things in its proper place and in its proper lane, not allow one to ill affect the other. Mm-hmm. And his role as father is crucial to, to bringing up balanced children, well-rounded children. Children need that feminine and that masculine energy. They need that. Right. And so you can't have a relationship and because it didn't work out with you, you want to keep him away from his children. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. We cannot afford to do that as a community if we plan to rise. Now, if he's if 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 it's a father whose behavior is is not conducive to uh, you know, positivity in the lives of your children. If if he's somebody who's not uh, a good example or he's leading a life of crime and he's putting your child in danger, that's one thing. But if all it is is because he's with another sister <laughs> or right, he didn't right. marry you or he's not giving you as much money as you think you should have, you're going to deny him access to your children? No, you do him, you do your children a disservice, and you do our community a disservice when we do that. Right. But because as much money as much money as the black um, child may need, even growing up in a household, and I just I just you know felt like wanted to just make this point real quick. The money, yes, while it is important, because hey, as sisters and brothers, we know that. Finances are necessary when it comes to um, raising children, but that's not the only thing. At the end of the day, when you when that child is growing up, and when you really want to find out what's most important to that child, it's not going to be the money and how much dad 
spent on me, but it's going to be the quality, the time that was spent with that child. Children are not going to say, well, you didn't give me this or that. Well, you know, in this materialistic world, I don't know, you may get some (laughs) that may say that. Let's keep it real. But in essence, it is the time that is spent, you know, with the child that is more important than the money. And I'm not saying at all that the money is not necessary and it's not needed because we don't believe in anything spooky. Ain't nothing floating out the air, putting bread on your table and putting shoes on your children's feet. We know that that is important. But I know sometimes I hear that, well, if he wants to see these children, he's going to have to pay X, Y, and Z. No, ma'am. And don't allow that to be um, the thing that keeps your child away from their father. That's not good. That's not good. That's not a good example, you know, that we're even showing our children because now what we're teaching the children is that everything comes with a price tag in a dollar, in the form of a dollar sign. Or you turn your children against you when they get older and then you wonder sometimes where these uh, men who hate women come from. Hmm. And we have to think right. about that too. Because right. you alienate, parental alienation is no good. You cannot alienate children from their parents. And he ha- they have to be around both parents. They need it. They need the balance. But you're going to raise children who are growing up with, with mental health issues, self-esteem issues, and all of these issues that keep going on and keep you know, a cycle that keeps going on and continuing, and then what happens to us as a community? Because you're community with no identity. Yes. we become. And, you know, children get their, you get your identity from your father. You know, children become a lot, they become more emotionally balanced when the father is in the household. I really want to talk about the myths because I get tired of hearing black men don't take care of their children. And I don't know where that started. I don't know if that started from from the whole society, the enemy, putting it out because, you know, if we keep putting it out there, we will eventually believe it and start repeating it. But the CDC did a, a study and it has, has proven in the study that that black men spent, spent more time with their children with homework than any other nationality, of any, other nationality any men of any other nationality. Black men spent more time, quality time with their children than any other man of any other nationality. See, we, we repeat things that we hear because we think that they're correct or because of who said it, our friends said it, or someone in our community said it, or because we hear it so often. Or we repeat it because it may be going on in our life. So right. it's going on in my life, and then so I'll keep repeating it, and not to say that it, it's not true in that person's life, but then all of a sudden we multiply it by 10. We start no. generalizing. Yeah, we start generalizing like this cares for every black man, and I'm, and I, I hate that because, you know, we're saying so much. Then people of us who 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 don't have an idea of us as a people from a different group will start believing what they hear us say. You, how often do you hear sisters say that these these men ain't this? And you, we say this in front of all types of people. I always constantly have to correct our people and say when we have a problem with us. We don't go out in a community of people of different cultures than us and start talking about our own people. They don't do that, so why are we doing that? 
We love to put each other down in front of other people. But those statistics right there just shuts down their argument because so many sisters say that, and it's not even true. Just because a man is not in the household, living in the household does not mean he can't be an effective father. And so often women want to judge that man on, he not here, so he ain't this. That's not true. You know, just because he's not in the household with that child does not mean he can't be a very good father to that child. Maybe if he's allowed more time, (laughs) you'll be able to see that. But so often we have our personal vendettas and we want to be angry with the man and then we want to take it out on the children and the man by not letting the children see the man or not letting him see the children. And like you said, Sister Keeble, now these children grow up and now they hate you. I actually had a conversation with a young man incarcerated with a tattoo that says, I hate my mother on his head. Oh, master. Who does it? Who does it? I actually, I was actually talking to another young man and he kept saying, B, 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 he kept calling the woman a B. He was talking to me. I don't know what he was talking to me for. I really wasn't paying him no attention. And I just used some psychology on him. I said, is that how you feel about your mother? I'm so sorry to hear that. And it was like, I kept saying that. And every time he assaulted, every time he insulted me, I just went ahead and said that. And I guess he figured out what I was saying. And he was quiet for a minute. And then someone else said, I love my mother. I said, me too. So I asked another person, don't you love your mother? Yeah. So I, then I turned around and looked at him. You don't love your mother? Because how you feel about other women goes back to how you feel about your mother. You know, he told me, I hate that bee, is what he said. Mm. So we have... So many, so so many of our children grow up to be adults, and they have serious issues where they hate their mother, where they hate their father. Maybe they hate their father because he wasn't there, where they hate their father because the mother taught them to hate it, or vice versa. Because you have some single fathers who are raising their daughter, uh, raising their children, um, their daughters and their sons. I'm I know you could definitely attest to that, um, dealing with those single fathers. But we need to stop perpetrating this lie that's out there that's not true. And so this is the reason why I want to put the stats out there for those sisters and brothers who are listening. Steer people to that study done by the CDC. So go go do your research before you start talking down about a brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And, and as to your point about me understanding that, I have done probably, I don't even, I can't even count how many child custody mediations I've done. And I've had to talk to the children. And see, we don't understand what we do to the children because the children are not going to necessarily say to you what they really feel. They'll tell a perfect stranger. Uh, yes. And and one of the questions that I would ask children is, do you feel caught in the middle? And the answer is always yes. When you're wow. playing tug-of-war with your children, you are hurting your children. And if you are hurting your children, you are messing with our ability to rise as a community because now they got all of this stuff on them that they're growing up with without understanding who they are or how they are loved or anything like that. So they got to figure all of this out as adults. And how do we rise as a people when we're screwing up the people that we're rearing because we can't get out of our own way, because we can't give credit where credit is due, because we can't allow someone to parent their children. And, again, I'm not talking about situations where the children are truly in danger with the other parent. But if you know that child is not in danger, let that child see 
the other parent. And there are, and that's another thing. It is wrong to think that the men aren't taking care of their children. There are men who are in court on a regular basis fighting to see their children, fighting things that are so frivolous that it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And when you talk to these people, they are. You're upset because he started dating so-and-so, so he can't see my son. He can't see my daughter. You can't do that. And then turn around and say, he's not this, he's not that. Oh, he don't take care of his children. Yeah, there are some who do who do not, so we don't, you know, but the majority are. And I never knew prior to doing mediations how many men actually are raising their children on their own. Oh, the numbers... You you would not believe it. There are so many single fathers out here, true single fathers, because I don't believe that you're single parenting if you have a parent who is who is spending time, money, and all of those resources to help rear their child. You're co-parenting. You're not single parenting. You're single parenting when that other parent is nowhere in sight. That's a single parent. That's right. That's let's, let's, let's make that real clear. Say that again. Can you say that one more time? You're co-parenting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If your child, if the uh, if both parents are in the child's lives, and are uh, in the children's lives, let me correct myself. And they're both taking care of the children. They're both spending time. They're both spending money. They're doing all of that. You're co-parenting. Just because the child resides with one parent more than the other does not make you a single parent. So we need to lose. There we that. go. Lose lose the language. When that father is active, stop talking about you a single mother because you all aren't married. Or a single father, or a single for that matter. Father because you all are not married. If that other parent is participating, you are co-parenting your children. You are a separate home. Parent Absolutely. <laughs> when you are doing it all by yourself. Right. There's a bit. I'm just. I just really ask that you say that again because I don't think we um, really understand that. I hear a lot of sisters and a lot of brothers talk about being a single parent, but then when you investigate and you ask more questions, is the other parent deceased? Are they, like, not around at all? I'm like, oh, yeah, they around. They see them. So you're not really single parenting, and it, it's a big difference, and I just, I'm glad you kind of cleared that up. But, yes, but, um, they, yeah, but, they, but they are doing the same things. And I'll tell you, the one thing that's really interesting is that depending on who is the primary caretaker of the child, when I've interviewed people, the fathers who are um, raising the children and the, maybe the mom is, is not the custodial parent or not doing as much, the complaints mm-hmm. are exactly the same. Right, right. The complaints are exactly the yeah. same. The, 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 the father who is raising the children in his house without the mother have the same exact complaints that the mothers have about the fathers. I, it, it it was mind-blowing to me. And so we have yes. this thing. I'm sorry. These stop. We have to just stop demonizing our men and their roles in the lives of their children because there are many of them that are doing the right thing and they are, and they are giving our children balance. But you cannot argue in front of these children. You cannot talk about the other parent in front of these children. 
degrade the other parent in front of these children. And the reason you don't do that is because what children understand that we don't seem to get is that half of that DNA comes from that one parent, half comes from you. So when you dog out that other parent, you know what you're telling your child? Half of you is no good. So if half of me is no good, then I'm being raised and I grow up because there's something, there's a defect in me because I know that I share DNA with this person. Right, right. So then how I am I that... how am I productive in society when I grow up when I'm when I'm thinking part of my part of me is, you know, lacking. Right, right. That's so important. And it's it's also important um for for us to take complete responsibility for um, in the rearing of our children. You know, with tonight uh, or this evening's subject being how important is the black man's role as father in the upliftment of our community and can we rise without him? We've answered that, no, we cannot rise without him. And we've also answered that he is extremely important. He is essential, part of um, the fabric of our community. But it's important that as women, and as men, but particularly I'm speaking to us as sisters, it's important that we um, do our part when it comes to the rearing of our children, particularly the male child. Because one day these young men, they grow up to be men in society who will become fathers. So for those of us who diss and talk about and dog out our brothers and talk about what they're not doing and how they're um, shiftless and all of these other different um, names that we may use to describe the black man and what he's doing and what he's not doing. Remember that the black man came from your womb. Remember that the black woman is the first teacher. So if the black man grows up or the black young boy grows up to be a no good black man, where did he come from? And how did he become so shiftless? How did he become so lazy? How did he become all of these things that we refer to him as? Did we, by any chance, contribute to that? So I just want us to be very mindful and make sure that we're taking full accountability for what role or for the role that we play in the rearing of our male black children who do one day grow up. You know, I want to add to that as we talk about the upliftment of our community. Our brothers are like kings with no kingdom. What is his purpose? He can't even rule his own community. So, we're upset because our, our men are involved in mischief or they're not living up to our standards. We won't allow him to be a king in his kingdom. We need to support him to be a king over his kingdom. Our problems happen when we're trying to be something that we're not. I actually saw, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a cliche, but a quote that I saw, and it says, depression comes from living a lie. And our people suffer from depression. Our men have serious uh, issues as far as trying to be who they are. And I see that dealing with these young men who are incarcerated. 
they try so hard to be something that they're not. A young man I was talking to when I told him, why do you talk loud? Why do you have to be the center of attention? Why? Why? Because why? he's trying to be, he's trying to be something that deep down inside he he's not, or he does, he's not sure what he is to be. When we're not able to live the life that we are created to live, it's going to create some type of confusion, some type of uh, mental state where we're off, our behavior is off. We didn't have these problems when we were in Africa before the European came over there and pillaged Africa and stole us from Africa. We have this problem because we're here in America trying to live the life of a Caucasian. We, it's not even natural. So we upset with our men because we want him to live an unnatural life. That's the problem. That's why we're unhappy because we're trying to. Live when you say an unnatural life, life, what do you what do you mean by that? Oh, the point I'm trying to make is we're, we're trying to live a life of a Caucasian. We want him to live the life of a Caucasian. We, we, I'm going to give you an example of what I saw as effect of black men is coming to the nation of Islam, coming into the ranks where you had the women's class over here and then you had the men's class over there. I saw men who came, I saw men who came into the mosque and accepted Islam and accepted to, to, to accepting their own to be, to be themselves. I saw them go from drug dealers drug addicts, playboys, to men that was honoring and respecting their women. Men that weren't talking about let's go get drunk, they were talking about let's go nation building. See, there's a difference. When you separate and decide I am going to reject what this world is offering me and I'm going to accept my own and be myself and try to live the life of a black man and woman, we'll truly be happy. We won't be dissatisfied with each other when we start living our roles that we were created to live. See, in society, it's this equality of men, this promotion of equality that men and women are equal as far as running the household. No, man is head of household because God is head of man. Man is head of household. Then you have woman and then you have child. That's the, that's the natural order. That's the hierarchy of God. That's how it works. But we're trying to live this life with a Caucasian woman who's not happy with her own man because she's pushing the issue of being considered equal with him. We never had a problem with our men. The whole civil rights movement had nothing to do with our men not being, not, not doing right by us or not treating us right. The feminist movement came in because they needed to survive. They needed the black woman to survive. They needed to latch on to the civil rights movement in order to get a knowledge, in order to grow momentum. And so they latched on to the civil rights movement, tricked the black woman, and then we fell for that. And we've been having problems with our men ever since. We cannot expect our brothers to live the life of a European man and think that he's going to be happy. He's going to be miserable. We're going to be miserable. Miserable people make other people around them miserable. And I think that's our issue. I saw that. I said, as soon as we accept on and be ourselves, we become totally happy. <laughs> we see it. I mean, you you, you remember Lacachet. I mean, you know. You remember Akilah. You know. There's a difference in a man where he understands I am the natural ruler of the earth. There's a glitter in his eye that you didn't see That's before. That's true. This is no, true. I, bear I mean, just to see a man go from I'm not trying to put you on your back, sister, I'm trying to exalt you. That's a beautiful sight to see a man go from I want to get that drink, I'm trying to put this sister on her back, to I'm trying to open a door for you, sister. It was nice hearing a brother say, sister, don't grab that handle, do a handle, because I got that for you. You mean you ain't trying to get my phone number? You ain't trying to figure out how to get me on my back? Oh, I love it. 
And that's that's what we need to start expecting from our men. Expecting him to be his own, to accept his own and be himself. Stop trying to expect him to do something that is not in his nature to do. The key word right there is expecting. We will manifest exactly what it is that we expect. If I'm expecting you to dog me, then eventually that's exactly what you're going to get. But if I'm expecting for you to lift me up, if I'm expecting for you to exalt me, if I'm expecting for you to treat me like a queen, then that's exactly what I'm going to get, only if I believe that. If I believe that I'm worthy of that and I expect nothing but that, then that's ultimately what I will get. That's what we will get. I have to get away from that type of thinking, judging a man based off his career, based off the kind of car he drives, based off if whether or not he got thousands in his bank account. I mean, we need to start worrying about how many commas a man got in his salary. That's the problem. That's that's our problem right there, and we need to stop judging our men on that. But that very man that we judge, it could be a very spiritual man. That could be that man that spends all his quality time, his free time, to be a, a coach over a little league baseball team. I know so many brothers who take their spare time to go coach some young men to play basketball, to play football, and the stories that they tell me is, I'm more than a coach. I'm like a father or a big brother. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the biggest things that they enjoy about coaching, not just for the game, but because they get to be around young men and be able to teach them or be around young ladies and be able to teach them and be a father figure for them. So, I mean, we need to stop judging our men based on European standards. We need to stop acting like a man got to be a millionaire and run up and down the basketball court to take care of us. Do you understand my point? And that's we we get too extreme with that. Yeah, he is supposed to be a provider, but if I'm making sixty and I meet a wonderful brother and he making twenty five, hell, okay, I'm gonna add that to my sixty thousand, and that's what our household income is. So I, when I met my husband, he was fresh out the military, he ain't had no job, and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm talking to his brother. You know, I'm questioning him because I'm trying to figure out what type of man this is. Where you working? Well, I'm not working right now. Why are you not working? I had to find out why well, I just got out the military. Oh, okay, but I'm looking for work. I just got out the military. Okay, great. How long did you do in the military? Twelve years. Bingo. Oh, you commit to the military for twelve years. I know you commit to a marriage. You know what I'm saying? So there are brothers who got potential, and there are brothers that you meet at certain time in their life where, okay, he in transition. Either I'm going to be patient or I'm going to pass. <laughs> I mean, what and either way, it's with? okay. Yeah, right. I was going to say. Yeah, either way is okay, but you don't have to dog him out. Right, right. For, for exactly. either position. We don't yeah. have to look down on the brother. If I look down on him because, oh, he out the military, but he ain't got no job, I would have missed out on a wonderful brother, and that was 22 years ago. So, you know, we, we, we judge our brothers with the wrong eyes. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not advocating that, you know, a brother shouldn't have nothing and we should be satisfied with that. I'm not saying that. But I am also advocating that we need to support a brother, too, because, Sometimes a brother don't have, may not, he have the spirit, but may not have the, the business acumen to start his own business or to be successful or, or to be that business model, but we do. Man, let's support our brothers when they say, I want to own a business in my community. Let's support our brothers on that because then he can employ our people in our community. There's so many sisters that I've had disagreement with because they said, I, I ain't trying to, he to get a job, he to stop trying to be a business owner. And I'm thinking, what? 
okay, I understand you don't want him to quit his job and, and don't have no money coming in while he's trying to start a business. But if he's working and trying to get his business on the side and try to steal away when he can, what's wrong with that? Because that helps our community. We have to stop preventing our brothers from being kings over our, over our community and, our, and being a king over the kingdom. Because if he's, if he's opening a business, that's set, he set himself up to be king in the community. If he wants to be a minister or if he wants to be someone that's going to be a figure in our community, we should be advocating for that and we should be supporting him, not putting him down. Many of those roles are not going to give you big money. It's not, but those roles are needed. A teacher they ain't making big money. So a brother want to be a teacher, support him. Why are we putting him down? So we're going to put him down because he want to be a teacher. But the minute ain't nobody there to teach our children, then we want to get attitude about it. Ain't no men up in the school. That's the problem in our schools right now. We don't have enough male teachers in there. So, I mean, we need to stop preventing our men from being kings in the kingdom and from ruling in their community. This is why our community is the way it is. why our children are out of control. Our men can't even control the community. We're too busy trying to trying to compete with him. We need to stop competing with our men and say, look, baby, we're going to do this together. That's what we need to do. I think it's a good example, too, for our children when, when they see someone building a business. Um, and not everybody's going to be have have a business, but it does send a message to children when they can see that um, that you don't have to go out here and work for someone else. That you can actually, you know, that you see it. That you see business owners in in, in the community. You see black men owning things. Um, I think it does make a difference in in the minds of our children. But again, relating that back to you know, can we rise as a community? And we can't. Right. It's all of these examples that, you know, that, that the the role of that man has. And, you know, and there are instances where the father is deceased. There are instances, you know, where there's other issues where that man cannot be a father. There are other black men in the community that can fulfill those roles as well. And so I don't want to discount that because there are fathers out here who who don't share DNA, but it does not make them not be a father. Can uh, I add something to that too? Can I add something? And I, when you said it is not to cut you off, but I, it was something that sparked me to say this, and I have to say it because it's, it was something with me working in corrections. I actually overheard a, a incarcerated brother talking to his son over the phone. So I asked him, I say, look, man, I'm not trying to get in your business. And I, I, I don't, if I'm, if I'm out of place by asking you these questions, let me know and I'll step off. But I asked him, I said, how old is your son? Is he like 17, 18? He said, no, he's five. Something like that. It was like five or six. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, he, I said, but damn, you're talking to him like he's 18. He said, he's going to have to be because I'm incarcerated. But because I'm incarcerated does not mean I stop being a father. And I thought that was so beautiful. But even when our even when our brothers are, are locked up, and and yeah, they make bad mistakes. And and I talked with that brother. And he told me the dumb decision that he made to get locked up. That he wasn't a life criminal. He just made over a bad business deal. He got out of control and ended up being incarcerated. Well, anyway, his thinking was, I'm not gonna let these bars prevent me from being a father. This man talks to his son three and four times a week, and when I say he's talking to him, he was like he was talking to another man. But as he was telling me about his son and what he was teaching him, I said, man, you know what? These, bar these bars ain't preventing you from being no father. So we have to 
we ha- our brothers who had these type of obstacles that's really trying, we have to support them because I was blown away by that. I said, oh, my God. I've never heard a man talk to his son like that. And I really thought he was talking to an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old. He talked to a little boy, but he was letting him know, I can't be there, so I need you to step up. And I thought that was some great teachings, and I just wish I had the ability to see his son because I bet he would stand out from the children that are his age because of the amount of knowledge and pressure and expectation that his father was putting on him because of the fact that he was incarcerated. There are so many young men who have fathers who are incarcerated, but those men are trying very hard to take care of those children. There are men incarcerated who have jobs and they're not a lot of money, but they are taking their money and sending their money home to take care of their families. So I just want to put that out. Not to interrupt That's you, but beautiful. I, had, I was inspired to, to say that. Yeah. And it just lets you know that regardless of the circumstance, you know, if you desire to be that of a role model, if you desire to be an influence within your community, and there's nothing that can stop you. Like you said, the bars did not prevent the brother from being a good father. And there are many, just like that brother that you just described, there are many out there like that. And, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, that's really what we wanted to get across is that our brothers who are out there doing what they do, and who are out there making a difference in being a role model and being a father figure and being a pillar within the community, that's who we want to focus on and that's who we want to uplift and give praise to because it's not enough of us letting our black man know that, you know what, I'm proud of you. You're doing a fantastic job. Keep up the great work. We got your back. We're here for you. We see you. We hear you. And, yeah, there may be many that may be out there not doing that, but that's not our focus today because Channel 7, 5, and 2, I'm sure that that's their focus every day. That's, that's not our focus. Oh, yeah. Right. They do an excellent job of that. Yeah. Yeah, the media, the media does. We, we do by sharing negative oh, yeah. information, negative things. And you have to ask yourself, when you engage in activity where you are sharing information with other people, because when you share something with someone, it, it, it tells a lot about what you think about the person that you're sharing the information with and the type of person that you think that they are. Ask yourself a couple of questions. Is this good news? Is it going to help to change the condition of our people? Is this positive? Is this harmful? You know, and we have to be real with ourselves. And if we notice that, just go back and look within your own news feed if you're on social media, whether it be Instagram or Twitter or um, Facebook or whatever. Look within your own news feed and ask yourself the question. You don't have to ask anybody else, but start looking in the mirror. What am I sharing? with the people. What is the majority of what it is that I post and why? Is what I'm posting uplifting or is it bringing our people down? Is what I'm posting, is it giving my people life or is it sucking the life? Is it inspiring 
Or is it demeaning? Is it harmful? Is it helpful? Is it halal? Is it haram? You know, ask ourselves these questions. And then that way we can be able to answer the ultimate question, which is who am I to my community? What role or what influence am I in my community? We started the conversation off by asking about the black man and his role in the community. But we can turn the question back on ourselves. What role am I playing? Where's my two cents? Yeah, but keeping in mind that both of those roles together is what's needed, though, for the uplifting. Absolutely. It takes both. There is no black community without the black man and the black woman together. So there, so, so there is no separation there. There is no right. separation mm. there. We cannot, and, and I hear so many people, you have your negative comments, oh, they don't do this, they don't do that. But you cannot have a black community without the black man and the black woman working together. So we have to figure this out. We have to understand that his role as the father, mm-hmm. the children in the community, is essential. Our right. children have to have balance, and they need a man and a woman for balance. We have to have that. They have to have that, whether whether it's the natural father or not, the natural mother or not. We have to have those images in the lives of our children, and not just dysfunctional images, so we have and, to and learn me, how to yeah. keep, we have to learn how to keep our drama with each other to a minimum in front of these children. Even if you hate that man's gut, you hate that woman's gut. Your children have no business <laughs> need, knowing that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We have to we have to learn control. We have to learn self control, um, especially as it relates to our behavior in the eyes of our children. Because at the end of the day, our children, they do as they see us do, Mm -hmm. not as they hear us say, do or don't do. So they're not listening to what we're telling them as much as they're watching the reflection or they're watching what it is that they see before us in terms of the example. I do want to say this too, though. I mean, as we, you know, I know we we ended off on a positive note. We discussed so much, but I know people are listening, saying, "Okay, what do what do we need to do to yes. help up, up, help our black men um, resurrect our community or uplift our community?" And we said several solutions, but I think we need to just name them again so that people understand what needs to be done. And and, and we've mentioned that we need to stop focusing on the negative. That's the number one thing we pointed out. Stop focusing right. on the negative and start promoting some more of the positive. Akila, you said, number two, we need to stop sharing on social media all this negativity. Now, I shared a picture about some four brothers was getting a doc- they became medical doctors. I didn't get no shares, that many shares. But when I shared something about, I don't know, it was, some, it was a fight or something, Oh, it, it got all these comments and all these shares, and it's like, but why can't we? You know, that's when I said, you know what? I see, I see the writing on the wall. I'm gonna stop sharing this. So when you said it, I said, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I'm gonna stop sharing stuff like that. You know, I like fights, so that's why I share it. 
But I said no because <laughs> you like fights. <laughs> yeah, I love fights, so you know I like to share fights because I like to say, "Hey, look, this person got hit," you know, whatever. But I need to get out of that. I'm gonna stop sharing it. So Sheila, <laughs> thanks for correcting me on that because I need to stop sharing all this stuff when people getting beat down because I like to see bullies get beat down. But anyway, that's number three. <laughs> number three is we understand that it takes a community. We gotta stop fighting with one and with number three, I'm sorry. We gotta fight stop fighting with one another and especially stop doing it in front of our children because that's right. what's contributing to a dysfunctional family which makes a dysfunctional community. When we start bickering and and, 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 and showing our children that we're bigger children than they are yes. and we're not able to rise above our emotions. See that's the issue. We need stop to rise above about... our emotions and think about our think about what's best for our children and say I'm angry with him but I ain't going to say nothing right now because my children right here, I can't yes. do it. Or I'm angry with her. I want to knock out, but I better chill because my children right here, my daughter right here, I don't want to see her right. see me get ready to knock out. Yeah, be the best now. example. You know be the best representative. And let, and, let me, and let me just tell you something that you can do with that for, based on number three. If you're so angry, send them, a, send them a letter, but don't let your children read it. You can, if if you are parents who are volatile, there's this thing called parallel parenting. Mm-hmm. And, and What's that? We can we can we can post. I can post some things about that um, to our please website. Please post later that on. on the website. But it's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Royal Empress page or the conversation. The Royal Empress page. Okay, so but, listeners, be be looking out for that. Yeah, but we have to learn how to parent and not if we can't if we can't function and we can't communicate, then we find nonverbal ways to communicate so that our children don't see our bad behavior. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell your child when your child is going to visit the other parent, tell your trifling ass daddy so and so and so. Don't do that. Send, send a letter, and if you want to say with your trifling ass in the letter, go ahead. But send it in a sealed envelope with the child. Don't send a message with the child. I'm, I'm being honest right now. And, and don't show yeah. the letter to your children. And don't show the, the letter to your child. See what your daddy said about me. See what your mother said. Stop doing that because you are harming them, and ultimately you are affecting us as a people because now we grow up with this distrust. For one yes. another. This is what men do. This is what women do. Keep your grown-up stuff and your grown-up problems and your grown-up, all of that stuff, between you and that adult and leave our children out of it. Exactly. They need to leave the grown-up stuff at home. And for the next solution, which is solution number four, that's reconciliation and or atonement. Solution number five is, most importantly, is to tune into the frequency of God. I know you're asking, how do you do that? Ask him to give you the wisdom to discern his voice from your own thoughts. Once you recognize it, obey it. The voice gets louder. You will grow spiritually stronger, I guarantee you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. For more information on the Roy Empress, please visit our website at www.royalempress.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter.